KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, August 25th. Oceanside's first homeless shelter is now open to residents. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. A boil water advisory is in effect for the Silver Strand area of Coronado and Imperial Beach. This comes after E. coli was found in the drinking water system. County health officials say residents should boil all water for at least three minutes before using it or use bottled water for drinking, brushing teeth, and food preparation. Officials say the presence of E. coli bacteria means the water may be contaminated with human or animal waste. Symptoms can include diarrhea, cramps, nausea, and headaches. The advisory will be in effect until lab results confirm the bacteria is no longer in the water supply. The Oceanside City Council unanimously approved an ordinance earlier this week that will ban styrofoam and single-use plastic products. Under the new ordinance, styrofoam will be banned by July of next year and plastic bags by January 2025. But businesses could still provide plastic bags to customers for 10 cents. Some businesses like 1022 Cafe and Gelateria say the ban won't change much. Here's co-founder Connor Goodman. As long as you do the research that for the same price, um, we can get materials that are recyclable already. So there's companies out there that aren't as, you know, marketed well. The Surfrider Foundation says volunteers have picked up 25,000 pieces of foam this year. Tijuana's all-star baseball team was eliminated from the Little League World Series yesterday. The team lost to Curacao in the semifinals. They previously defeated Japan and Venezuela. Tijuana has a rich baseball history and has produced major league players, including San Diego Padres legend, Adrian Gonzalez. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Oceanside's first homeless shelter is officially housing new residents. Reporter Jacob Ayer says the Navigation Center serves a clientele that includes single men and women as well as families. It's been a week of people coming to San Diego Rescue Mission's new Navigation Center in North County. So far, it's housing about 15 residents. There's space for 50. The site is not a walk-up facility. People will be referred to the center for 30-day stays, says Donnie D, CEO of the Rescue Mission, which runs the shelter. And so last Thursday, we started admitting guests, is what we call them, right from the streets, either Oceanside Police Department dropping them off or they're coming from our shower trailer outreach unit. D says they welcome all people. There is no faith-based component required at the Oceanside shelter. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. A San Diego-based developer wants to convert the city-owned office building at 101 Ash Street into affordable housing. Metro reporter Andrew Bowen has the story. 
Revan Capital was the only firm to show interest in the city's call for pitches on building housing in its civic core. 101 Ash has a troubled history. The city overpaid for the downtown high-rise in 2016. It then botched renovations and discovered the city's own broker had also been working for the building's seller. But Stephen Russell of the nonprofit San Diego Housing Federation says despite all the scandals, affordable housing would be a great reuse. It is actually an extraordinary building with great bones and is representative of a very particular era in San Diego's history in the in the mid-60s when we were really striving to be something more. The city will soon start a 90-day negotiating period with the firm to see if it can strike a deal. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. After four seasons, the San Diego Loyal Soccer Club is calling it quits at the end of its current season. Reporter and loyal supporter Andrew Dyer spoke with the president of one of the club's fan groups. It's just been heartbreak. Um, it's, 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 it's crushing. You know, there's really no other way to say it. Steve Brockoff is the president and co-founder of The Locals, the Loyal's largest supporters group. At every Loyal home game, supporters can be seen and heard singing, chanting, and drumming throughout the game, win or lose, without stopping. That will come to an end this fall. The club announced Thursday that this season will be its last. Brockoff says the team earned its devoted fans in part because of how it handled a homophobic incident in 2020 when it walked off the field and forfeited a game after a player from the other team hurled a slur at midfielder Colin Martin, an openly gay player. Um, and to me, that's when it changed from this like, yeah, you know, this is the club I support to like, that's my club. The Loyal remain in the playoff hunt and are sitting fifth in the USL's Western Conference. They play on the road this Saturday in Texas. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News. Coming up, we have details on events going on this weekend. We'll have that and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Fifteen years ago, La Jolla Playhouse commissioned a new musical about gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson. Next week, it finally has its world premiere and proves to be as relevant as ever. Arts reporter Beth Accomando goes behind the scenes of the entitled unauthorized Hunter S. Thompson musical to find out if the pop icon would approve of the show. Joe Iconis's first memory of Hunter S. Thompson was going as a teenager to see the film Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. We were somewhere around Barstow on the edge of the desert when the drugs began to take hold. That film and Johnny Depp's performance got Iconis hooked on Hunter S. Thompson as a notorious pop culture figure. Then Iconis started to read Thompson's work from the 60s and 70s. There was real poetry to his language. There was real music in his language, but the content of it 
was so far out and it had such a sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of vibe. And when I first encountered him, I wasn't used to that kind of vibe, that kind of aggression and sort of the psychedelic imagery in writing that felt really uh, beautiful and really poetic and really romantic. Dramaturg Shirley Fishman did research on Thompson for the play. It's almost as if the political climate created him. It was like a kismet that happened. And then because of his moral fiber and his ability to describe his own feelings about what he was observing, as an everyday reader, when you read something in the newspaper, you go, yeah, that's right. But with Hunter, it's like, damn, that's right. That's how I feel, because it was the writing is so visceral. Thompson's often credited as the father of gonzo journalism and telling the truth in a personal or subjective way. At the time that he created it, it felt really groundbreaking and it felt like something that was really in the hands of liberal thinkers. It felt like it was something that was in the hands of people who were challenging the establishment. I both love Hunter S. Thompson, and there's days when I get mad at him for having been one of the forerunners of some of the disinterest in truth or objective truth that I think we're living through right now. That's Christopher Ashley. 15 years ago, as the new artistic director of the La Jolla Playhouse, he commissioned Iconis to write a Thompson musical. I was really passionate about telling Hunter S. Thompson's story in a way that did not try to sugarcoat anything in his life. And I thought, oh, it feels so in his spirit to make a musical about him that honors that, honors his complexity and allows him to do things that are ugly and problematic and then leaves it to the audience to decide, was this guy worth it? Angry, uncommonly infatuated with literature and easily distracted in a way that was later helped greatly by dexedrine. Gabriel Ebert plays Thompson. He sees the play as being about a writer's struggle to do something to shake up the status quo. Hunter's belief that good art, art that you care about, could at its best change the world. But even if it's not able to change the world, it could make the world a safer place for the people in it who feel lost and alone. Iconis agrees. At the center of all of these mad ramblings, I think was someone who cared deeply about people who feel othered, people who feel like misfits, people who don't have any place to belong. And he was trying to make a space for them. I was a disruptor from birth. Since Thompson was a lifelong disruptor, I had to ask Iconis, what would the Gonzo writer think about being the main subject of a musical? I think he would hate it. I have every reason to believe Hunter S. Thompson was not a man who enjoyed a show tune. But maybe Thompson would appreciate that kind of honesty, says Ebert. I would hope that he'd like the words. He loved words. Words were his jazz. Words were his music. And uh, Joe is not frivolous with his words. And Joe gets the laughs in a way that I think Hunter would appreciate. Joe tells the truth in a way that I think Hunter would appreciate. And Joe also lies in a way that I think Hunter would appreciate. And he'd at least see, you know, a glimmer of himself in there and be tickled by it. And Iconis does think Thompson would appreciate the themes. This show desperately wants to feel like it's um, making a place for people who don't often get a place made for them in the world and in musical theater specifically. And I think he'd like the puppets. Puppets are great. The untitled, unauthorized Hunter S. Thompson musical promises to be everything you love as well as everything you might hate about the man and the myth all rolled up into one heady trip. The end.
Beth Accomando, KPBS News. The untitled, unauthorized Hunter S. Thompson musical opens Tuesday and runs through October 8th at La Jolla Playhouse's Potiker Theater. And before you go, arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans has some suggestions for arts events to check out this weekend. She shares the details with my colleague, Jade Heinemann. Julia, uh, let's talk about visual art. What's on your radar right now? So at the Downtown Library in their ninth floor art gallery, they've just opened a new exhibit. It's called Waiting Room, and it's a group show and features artists who are working in craft genres. So like woodwork, glass, metalwork, fiber art, and things like that. Um, it's, it's about the intersection of craft and art with mental health and well-being. So the waiting room is a nod to that. It's a really thoughtful and diverse exhibit. There's lots of different types of art, um, and it's stunning. And it's all on view through mid-October. La Jolla Music Society's Summerfest is wrapping up. What can you tell us about the final weekend of shows? So one concert that has caught my attention is called Unsilenced Voices, and it's Friday night, and it's their next-to-last show of Summerfest. And this is going to be a collection of music by composers who were somehow silenced or oppressed in their lifetimes. Um, Some of them are still living, too. Um, So yeah, maybe there were women like Fanny Mendelssohn, who was overshadowed by her famous brother, Felix, or sometimes by a political regime. And I I talked to Enon Barnaton, who is Summerfest's music director, a little bit more about this. Messian's uh, Quartet for the End of Time, famously, even though Messian was not Jewish, but he was in a concentration camp during the the Second World War. And uh, he wrote this quartet while in the camp, and it had its premiere by camp prisoners. And we'll hear one of the movements from from that piece, the the clarinet, the the solo clarinet movement. And that concert is Friday night at the Conrad Prebis Performing Arts Center in La Jolla. And finally, some theater. Moxie Theater just opened a play called Cry It Out. It's about motherhood and friendship. What do you know about that, Julia? So that expression, cry it out, is so loaded amongst new parents, whether you sleep train or or you let kids cry it out to self-soothe. And this play, it's not really about the nuts and bolts of these things or or whether you should subscribe to those philosophies, but it is about the way that parents, and in this case, specifically the mothers, need to find connections with someone else that's going through the same thing. It's by playwright and screenwriter Molly Smith-Metzler. The script is so funny, and it's also dark and scrappy and joyous and heartbreaking at the same time. And this, this play just opened and is on stage at Moxie until September 10th. And while Moxie says that the play has some bad language, so it's not really suitable for children, they are saying that mothers can bring their babies. So babies under the age of one will be free with the mothers uh, with convenient seating. And I love that. That was KPBS arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans. Speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Heidman. You can find details on these and more arts events at kpbs.org arts. Also this weekend, the SDSU Aztecs kick off their football season tomorrow. They'll play Ohio University at Snapdragon Stadium. Tickets for the game are available online. 
Prices range from $27 to over $500. The game starts at 4 p.m. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS producer Emily Mohebi and edited by KPBS senior producer Brooke Ruth. We'd like to thank KPBS editor Megan Burke and KPBS producer Ben Lacey for helping the podcast team this week. Join us again on Monday for the day's top stories. Plus, if you're planning to head to the beach or the bay these last few weeks of summer, a San Diego lifeguard lieutenant gives us tips on how to stay safe in the water. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.